the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number, it's 303-873-1935. And again, we're going to try to keep up with what's going on in the great big world. But I certainly happy, happy to take your calls. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Marlon, welcome to the program. Hi, Gino. How are you doing? You know, again, I'm doing good. I'm praying for this country and its leadership, and I'm hoping and praying that we'll have a change of heart. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any nation. And so I'm hoping and praying that we postpone judgment for at least a little bit longer so we can spread the gospel. I know what you mean. Um, now, I know you, you, we, you've you been talking about Ukraine and Russia and all sure. that, but let's talk about the Bible for happy a little bit. Happy to, happy to. What Have you got a question? Yes, it's on Proverbs thirteen fourteen. Let me read it to you, Gino. Okay. It's, it says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. What does the word rod mean? It, the, a rod is an instrument of discipline. It was usually a stick that was usually about the uh, the the circumference of a thumb. But I don't think that's what Proverbs thirteen fourteen says. And, and well, I have the NIV. Proverbs thirteen fourteen says the law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn away from the snares of death. Okay. So when you're talking about sparing the rod, and you're you're talking about 1324. Oh, okay. <laughs> 13 and 14. Huh? Proverbs 13 and 14. So, but Proverbs 1324 is the one who says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Okay. So when you when you use the term rod, he who spares the rod, you're, the, the rod is the instrument of discipline. Now, you may have grown up in a world where your mom or your dad used a belt or they used a switch. So a rod in the biblical days was what my granny would call a switch. She would take a little branch and break it off of the tree, and it was about the circumference of her thumb, and she would whip my little hiney when I would deservedly do stuff that was in rebellion and disobedience. Oh, okay. So a rod is a switch. And by switch, I mean, think of a, a, of a tree branch that's about mm-hmm. as thick as your thumb. So right. does, a, does a tree branch, the thick of your, as thick as your thumb, applied to your derriere, 
as our French-speaking friends say, is that going to kill the child? No. He who spares the rod, that means withholds discipline, hates his son. So the proverb is basically saying, if you withhold discipline from your son, you hate him because you're teaching him something that's not true. And that is that your actions have no consequences. And then it says, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. And so according to the Bible, the Lord uses discipline to reveal our sin to us. And this is how parents reveal the truth of our need for a savior to their children. When a child doesn't feel the consequences of his or her sin, uh-huh. they don't understand that, that sin requires a punishment. Do you remember during the riots that took place not too long ago? Tragically, there was a young black man who was shot and killed in a liquor store. You know what the young black man was doing in the liquor store? He was robbing the liquor store. Yeah. Do you know what his mother said to the media? She said, my son shouldn't, go, shouldn't have to go to a, a liquor store to rob it and expect to die. Uh, unbelievable. Well, I want that to sink in. It is unbelievable because it doesn't matter if you're black or white. If you go to a rob to a liquor store with a gun and you hold it up, what should be your expectation? That you're going to get away with it? Oh no, 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 no! You won't. Well, you see, and this is part of the point. The part of the point is sin requires punishment, but the Lord has provided a way of salvation and forgiveness through Jesus. Hmm. But that doesn't mean hardly anything to people who don't see their sin. Imagine the world in which you're living in, Marlon, where people say, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine just the way that I am. But what if that's not true? What if there's something really wrong, that they're sinners in need of a Savior? Oh, that is really wrong. Well, and so he who spares the rod, the rod is a switch that's about the size of your thumb. It's the instrument of discipline. So the Bible doesn't promote child abuse. The Bible, but, but imagine, imagine you, you, if you live in a world where you ask the, the unbeliever or the make believer, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you discipline your children? I talk to them and I put them in timeout. How, is that effective? Does it reveal their sin to them? And does it cause them to repent and and go in a different direction. I, I, I'm I'm not saying beat your child, but what Why? I am saying is that the, the the point of the text isn't that you have to use a switch to spank your kids. The point of the passage, I think, is that if you withhold discipline from your children, this is God's way of saying you hate them. You hate them. And when they grow up, they're going to be sinning. Well, imagine the very first time you meet someone, and it happens to be a police officer, and the police officer says, you may have grown up in a world where you get to do whatever you want, but um, you can't hit that person. That's called assault. You can't steal right. from that person. That's called right. robbery. You That's can't, right. You can't break the law. And if you break the law, there's, there's consequences, and you could go to jail. That's right. And so that's, 
That's yeah. the point. Correction shows us that we're not above reproach and that we're accountable for our actions. But imagine, again, imagine, imagine, imagine you're living in a world where people rationalize your sin. A rationalization is a plausible but untrue excuse of why we do uh-huh. what we do. Do you know why that person stole? Because they were hungry. You know what? You and I have sympathy for the person who steals who's hungry. We, we, could, we could honestly say, my heart goes out to the person who steals because they're hungry. But do we have a way as Christians, can we say, you know what? You don't have to steal because if you come to our church, we have a food pantry and we'll give you food. That's right. So I get it. I get that there are certain desperate circumstances that sometimes happen in our lives. Did you hear today that that they were taping or they were taping people to trees in the Ukraine who were looting? No, I didn't see that. Jim, is where was the news outlet where that story was? that they were taping people to trees who were looting in Ukraine. Okay, he's going to find it, but but we've got about 30 seconds. But, hey, thank you for your call. I hope that helps. Yeah, it helps, Gino. Hey, Ooh. thanks for listening. This is Gino right. Geraci. Hey, my number is 303-873-1935. Stay tuned, and I'll tell you where that news outlet came from. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. We were just talking with Marlo, and there was a store. It's at the Daily Star. It's dailystar.co.uk. It's a United Kingdom. The headline was, Ukrainians taping looters to lampposts as they try to capitalize on Russian invasion. The story shows a person taped to... A lamp post, and he's like in packing tape, and there is signs on him that w- in the in the Ukrainian language that says "looter," and so uh, they've re- they've reported taping them to telephone poles and lamp posts, uh, according to uh, media outlets in the Ukraine, and. Um, some Ukrainian locals, they've just banded together. They started taping looters to telephone poles in the hopes of stopping them from capitalizing on the Russian invasion. And, um, and locals are trying to stop looters and bandits by themselves. And so again, you know, this is another crazy aspect of this story. 303-873-1935. That's my number. If you want to join me on the pro- the program again, three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five. There is. Um, I'm trying to uh, let's see where I had that other note, but there was um, an update of some headlines that were taking place. I, I I got an update on um, what's happening in Ukraine. So let's see if I can't find it. 303-873-1935. Um, in another story, 
he was um Remember, I was just talking about the Equality Act. Twitter suspended a GOP Senate candidate for tweeting this statement. Women's sports are for women. Twitter and the powers that be temporarily suspended one Representative Vicki Hartzler, who's a Republican from Missouri, a candidate for United States Senate after she dared to tweet that she dared to tweet that women's sports are for women. In the suspension worthy post, Vicki Hartzler, here's what she wrote quote, women sports are for women, not men pretending to be women in which she reportedly referenced the University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas, remember, the biological male who identifies as a female who is rated 500th as a male, dominating women's uh, swimming, and referenced the, athletic, the athlete's biological name, Will. And that was enough to get her suspended. A spokesperson for, for Twitter told... Uh, faithwire.com no they told the hill where the the story came out of 3038731935 is my number if you want to join me that the lawmaker's account was locked because she transgressed the social media company's hateful conduct policy against harassing or violent messages targeting groups or individuals based upon their identity gender or sexual orientation. This includes targeting or targeted misgendering or dead naming of transgender individuals. Now remember that expression dead naming. Dead naming is when you refer to a person by their dead name. So if Leah, who used to be Will, is no longer Will, if you call him will, then you're dead naming them. So it would be like calling Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner, instead of Caitlyn Jenner. And so in the statement to the Associated Press, Hartzler's campaign said the Senate hopeful isn't going to delete the tweet. And so they removed her from the account. That's the world. That's the world. Faithwire reported in February 2021 that Christian author and talk show host who's been on this program in my studio, Dr. Michael Brown, tweeted the truth about Dr. Rachel Levine, the United States assistant, who identifies as a woman but is a biological male. He wrote, quote, Will I get punished by Twitter for saying that in God's sight, Rachel Levine is a man? Question mark. He tweeted that on January 20th, 2021. Four days later, he was locked out of his account. That is the world in which you're living in. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Ruth, welcome to the program. Hi, Gino. How are you? Oh, it's Bruce. Yeah, your old buddy. Well, welcome. Been very sick. 
Have you been very sick? Yeah, in and out of the hospital, ERs and stuff. But I've been listening safely. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, I have to uh, tell people you've got to watch Gino and learn and his candlelight sermons. Romans was really good. Have you been watching? Absolutely, my dear brother. Well, I am so glad. And, um, you know, uh, Candlelight has changed their name to Faith Bible Church. So oh, I write, really? it, you can still get it at, at Candlelight, but the new account is going to be called Faith Bible Church of Longmont. And Bruce, think about this. You've lived long enough that you might see World War III. We might be in the first few days of a global confrontation. Yeah, we have to duck underneath our school chairs. Do you remember when we were kids and they, they would we would have the, those uh we we would do those exercises where the the alarm would go off, we would duck under our chair, and we would get into the fetal position underneath our desk. We would put our hands exactly. over our head and tuck our knees into our chest as if, you know, when you're eight years old, it, it makes perfect sense that that's going to save you from a nuclear... Yeah, uh, until you see the newsreel clips when they do the atomic bomb testings and you see everything just blown over. Well... See, we're laughing because that's all we can do at this point. But Yeah, it's all in the Lord's hands. But I have a couple of comments, Gino. Okay. On your opening uh, Biden speech, uh, the American people should be appalled at what that man said. Not only did he mention Iran twice, even though it was by mistake when he confused it with Uranians. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no. And then his police action. Do you put two and two together when they say they're for funding the police, also to enforce their new, quote, laws? What do you think that means? I think that, again, it's the global elite pushing the laws, just like I said, that these kinds of laws will make certain other kinds of beliefs illegal. Exactly. And especially for Christians. And that's why I keep talking about the criminalization. And, and so again, imagine, I don't need to, you don't need to imagine it. Uh, If a person says I'm a Christian and I believe what the Bible says about what it means to be a human being, what it means to be male and female. And people will say, you know, the Bible's not true, and what you believe is stupid and wrong and oppressive. What you believe is stupid and wrong and oppressive. And you go, but I thought religious freedom gave you the right to believe whatever you wanted, even if it was stupid, oppressive. Because I've defended your right to believe stupid and oppressive things. Why won't you defend my right? <laughs> exactly. I hear the music. I've got one more comment. Okay, you hold on. You hold on. Jim will hold you over, and, and you can make another comment. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. You know the number, 303-873-1935. We were talking with Bruce, and Bruce... You had a uh, another comment that you wanted to make. Well, one, one more, and then I have a very uh, 
actually it should have been the most important question, but on the transgender thing, I've, I've been through and know those people very well, especially down on Melrose and Sunset, you know, LA. Sure. Okay, there's only less than 1% that are transgender. Now, of those 1%, very few ever complete their total transformation. Now, if they complete their total transformation, which you and I, I don't know if your listeners do, but complete, you know what that means. Sure. Most of them will not go through with it. For them to be considered a woman in their eyes, not ours, then they might be a woman in their eyes. But they're not doing that. And, you know, the squeaky wheel is getting the attention. But it's a very deadly yeah it is a problematic issue and that's why i you heard me on my rant about the uh the equality act which is maybe the worst named act because it it doesn't really provide equality what it does is it codifies it makes legal sexual anarchy and you you and I we grew up in that world I mean I remember going to where you just talked about Melrose and Hollywood I mean in 1973 I'm listening to David Bowie <laughs> you know you've got your mother in a world she's not sure if you're a boy or, or a girl yeah. hey babe your hair's all right now don't, don't get me wrong in those days I I have no 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 bitterness, hostility towards people. And and again, it, my statements should not be misinterpreted to mean that I hate people who, if men dress like women, or if people identify differently. But what I am saying is that we've come to that place where freedom of thought, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of association, if you do not toe the ideological line, then your freedom now becomes criminal behavior. You criminalize the belief that certain behaviors. Right. And, and so we're, we're, we're in Alice in Wonderland's world now. Yeah, that rabbit hole is getting deeper and deeper. Uh, I've got the last question. I, I, I really, like I said, this should have been the first. I'm getting very close to being with the Lord. And the past couple of nights, and I don't know because I haven't talked to anybody with uh, that has been with somebody that's, you know, passed away, especially uh-huh. Christian. But... When I watch a movie or something and then there's some death in it, I started start thinking about my own mortality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really want to be with Jesus. I want to be with all of the my Christian brothers and sisters. But suddenly I have doubts. And I start to get very, very afraid that, you know, am I really saved? Now, because I'm right. a center man, and I'm having a difficult time with that uh, part of my life. Well, you know, and I've been talking about that in Romans, if you remember. I mean, yeah. I, I literally talked about this. And um, 
you know, that salvation is permanent and it's based on what Jesus has done. It isn't based. Yeah. Paul, remember he writes and he says uh, that he was the chief of sinners. And then you're probably thinking, but yeah, Paul, you never knew me. (laughs) (laughs) You never hung out with me. But then the thing, the thing that has helped me the most is in first John chapter five, verse 11 through 13, where it says, and this is the testimony. It says, if you're called into court, this is the testimony. God, raise your hand. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, me in first John five eleven. it says, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. Not he who has sin, but he who has the son. And when you made that choice to say, no, no, I, I, I've acknowledged that I'm a sinner. I want forgiveness of my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I've surrendered my life to Jesus. I've invited him into my life. I believed what he said about himself, that if you'll believe me and trust me, you're going to be fine. And so he says, I write these things to you who believe. And that word pistis, believe, means trust, rely, cling. In other words, it's the same kind of belief that you have about reality in in the sense of, because this is the key. The key is you have the son because you believe, see, you, you have, you, you, you express doubts about your own sin, but you didn't express doubt about the savior. You you didn't say, no, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Jesus was who he said he is and that he really lived that perfect life and that he really did die and that he really came back to life. And that's the key. He came back to life, not in a, in an intellectual way where you go, oh, yeah, just like, you know, Hitler killed himself in his bunker. I think that there's more evidence that Jesus came back to life than that Hitler killed himself in his bunker. Exactly. I I understand that. But when I think about uh, the mortality now, I've been in combat, and, I, you know, that, that doesn't bother me because most likely it's going to be a quick death. But this long lingering sickness right. and problems that I've had has started to erode not my faith, not my belief, right. not my love, but there's doubt. Now, how can you have all of those four things and still have doubt? Well, and I think that the, that the way that I would think about that is that, that it's normal. I, and, and let me tell you what I mean by that. The Bible, when it speaks of, about doubt, and, and again, most people have doubts, and they have doubts in different times of their life. And you just talked about your time in life where you go, no, it, it looks like Bruce isn't going to be calling in. There's going to come a time where you're not going to be able to call in. I'm doing a funeral, by the way, on Saturday for a lady in our church who... You know, I got to visit with her and talk with her and pray with her. And I said, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm going to just say, see you later. And she, oh man, and I'm going to see you a little bit later. 
Now, again, I think that doubts fall into two categories. Some of them are valid and some of them are not. In in this sense, that you can you find comfort and reassurance in the promises of God. And so there is a there's a certain value where a person Paul writes and he says examine yourself to see whether or not you're in the faith. And so the doubt motivates you to go, I'm going to examine my own heart. Am I in the faith? Oh, yeah, I am. I am. So the presence of doubt doesn't mean the absence of salvation. I'm going to say... That's what I was concerned about. What what I would say is, well, see, this is one of those ironic things which I think you're going to understand. The presence of doubt isn't the lack of salvation. And by the way... The absence of doubt doesn't assure salvation. Because salvation is in Christ. Not in the presence or the absence of doubt. Okay, God bless you, my brother. I I really want to get to see you over at the church, but every time I try, I have that bad day. Well, you know what? Keep watching and at least wave to me at the camera. Okay, thank you so much for that last comment, Gino. It really helped. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Armando, welcome to the program. Hello, Gino. Hello. Uh, I would like to say a thought on today being Ash Wednesday. Okay. In Hebrews... 927, and I would like, obviously, to hear your opinion. It is um, it is appointed to man once to die, and then the judgment. And so, in the Christian tradition, for many years and centuries, Ash Wednesday has been established, but nowadays, only Catholics and Protestants uh, the majority don't even care for that because all we want is prosperity, and I believe in it, and we believe in miracles. That's great. I believe in and I can tell you five hours worth of miracles in my own life. But the point is that evangelicals as such, um, and I can give you many illustrations they don't talk about that, and they think that it's a Catholic thing, but not it is a Christian thing, even before we separated from the Catholic Church. And so that worries me, and I've asked Catholic people, my friends, what is Ash Wednesday about? And oh, when they put the little black cross on your forehead, and I found out there is total ignorance, even among Catholics. And so I take the opportunity to tell them the verse in Hebrews, and I tell them, look, you can live as long as God will please you, uh, pleases. And I ask them just to play around. How many years do you think the oldest person lived? And they don't know. And then I tell them about Methuselah, or in Spanish, 
Matusalem and I tell him, look, it's easy to remember. He lived, according to Genesis, six, uh, 969. And the way I remember it is that you start with nine, turn it around, it's six, and then turn it around, and it's nine. And nine. So, um, uh, and the purpose of Ash Wednesday is to bring to light something that we all do not want. We want vitamins, surgery, we want to live forever, but that will happen when we go to heaven with God. But it is to remind us that sooner or later, even if you live a a thousand years, it is appointed to man to die once. I don't care how strong, how famous, how rich, how dedicated you are to the Lord, it is appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. So it is a good time for us to reflect on our lives, whether we're closing, uh, walking closely with the Lord and doing what He wants us to do. What do you think? Well, I grew up in a religious tradition that you observed Ash Wednesday. Now, it's the first day of Lent. It's the official name, the Day of Ashes, um, because it's exactly 40 days, excluding Sundays, before Easter Sunday. So it always falls on a Wednesday. There's no such thing as an Ash Thursday or an Ash Monday. But the whole point of Lent was that time of sacrifice or self-denial or moderation or fasting. So the idea, what you're talking about, the reflection of forsaking sin, of forsaking sin for the purpose of reflecting on the life, the death, and and the resurrection of Jesus. The, the problem is the Bible doesn't mention Ash Wednesday, and it doesn't talk about Lent um, what it does talk about in the scripture that I think about is Matthew 6, where Jesus said, um, you know, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show men that they're fasting. But I tell you the truth, they receive their, their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it'll be obvious to men that you're fasting, uh, but not to, to men that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. So the, so in my way of thinking, is it a good idea to repent of sinful activities? Yes. But that's something that we as Christians should do every day, not just during Lent. Now, is it a good thing? Is it a good thing to ask and answer the question, should I take some time to fast in order to reflect on what Jesus has done. Biblical fasting, by the way, in my my way of thinking, is that you refrain from doing something in order to do to, to do something for Jesus, like whether it's read your Bible or pray or or do some good deed or whatever. So Ash Wednesday sometimes becomes a time not of reflection and remembering, but rather of spiritual pride. So that's the the problem with maybe growing up in a tradition where somebody puts a little black cross on your forehead because you go, well, you know, because you expect people to say to you, why do you have a black cross on your forehead? 
Well, because I went to Mass today. Why? Because it's Ash Wednesday. To your point, well, do you, do, what does that even mean? What does it even mean? What are you doing, and why are you doing it? Is it is it okay to to serve as an opportunity to do exact to have the kind of conversation you and I are having right at this very moment? So I would say um, there are, as you already said, mo- most Catholics, some Protestants, but most don't, and the Eastern Orthodox doesn't observe Ash Wednesday. They they have a they start Lent on what they call Clean Monday, but again. Um, it is true that in the Old Testament, they use dust and ashes as symbols of repentance and mourning. And as you know, also, that sometimes people want symbols, but they don't want the substance. The substance is, well, are you willing to actually do the hard work? of turning from your sin and and reflecting and grieving over your rebellion and and thanking God for for Jesus. So that's my my take on Ash Wednesday. Well, I appreciate it. And one more time a time I have a message that I've given you several times from Jehovah God the God of the universe, that you should do all you can to go national. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, and again, or probably go get into the internet. I'm right now in the internet by the grace of God. I pay nothing for it. I have a sponsor who does that. Well, praise the Lord. And for that. Uh, every Sunday for two hours, I have three thousand hits. Uh, and the radio, you never know how many people, but in the internet, every time somebody sees your program, it clicks one. So it is 3,000. Imagine all the people that will enjoy will be brought to Jesus and be restored to faith, faith when they hear somebody who knows the Bible, who is respectful, uh, you're educated. Uh, to the top, you know what's going on. So I plead with you to do whatever you can to go national and then to have an Internet program. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Armando. Very much. God bless you. Thanks for joining me. And again, um, thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening in. Hey, if you want to know more about those, those kinds of questions, like, hey, I didn't know that about Ash Wednesday. Well, go to gotquestions.org. Type in, what is Ash Wednesday? And I think you're going to find out. There's a great article to help you think things through. Thanks for joining me. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.